Hello and welcome to SWAT Radio with Doug McCary of His Light Ministries. So happy you are listening today. I am Taylor Johnson, and if you would like to join the discussion, please call us at 1-844-777-7928. That's 1-844-777-SWAT. Or you can email us at ask at SWATradio.com. That's ask at SWATradio.com. And if you are listening to the podcast because you missed us live, you can also send us your questions to, on Facebook and Twitter. At SWAT Radio Talk is the handle. Again, that is at SWAT Radio Talk. Well, today is Wednesday. What's going on in the news today, Doug? Well, it is Wednesday, March 3rd, 2021. <clears throat> And it's incredible because 40 years ago on this day, I met my wife. Oh, wow. It's the first time that I laid eyes on her and had a conversation with her. It was 40 uh-huh. years ago today. Wow, that's Mom awesome. Mom and Dad, I know they're listening. So isn't that wild? 40 years ago. How do you remember that it's March 3rd? Oh, I just, I've never forgot that day yeah. because uh, it was a... Uh, it was an incredible moment. In fact, I just, uh, you know, think about, uh, whoa, what is that? I can, he wow. Said, yeah. Steve <laughs> said, wow. Uh, anyway, uh, it was an incredible moment. And uh, I just, I, I met her at a uh, football game, or I'm sorry, a baseball game. We were, we were, uh, she was a bat girl actually and uh i was in the stands watching the game and was just like okay i she had uh, the name of a girl that was in my class on the back of her shirt Mm. and i'm going there's no way this is her sister Mm. and so that's what i went up to her and said and um two weeks later we went out on our first date uh 30 days later uh i told her i was gonna marry her We have a thing for Peter Cetera, too. So, anyway, uh, Lori, it was an awesome provision uh, 40 years ago, so I'm very glad that uh, God brought Lori McCary, who was Lori Sondermeyer, then into my life. And uh, here we are 40 years later. And that, that's crazy. Yeah, man. That's it seems like such a long time. Yeah. And you have no idea just deciding to go – to a football game, or I'm sorry, a baseball game, twice I said football, a baseball game with your friend would change the course of your life in the sense of you're going to meet your wife there. Isn't that wild? And I told my sons, you know, I always wanted to meet the right one. I was looking, you know, like y'all are, when you're going through, you just Mm. wonder who that person's going to be. And you're wondering why this relationship doesn't work Mm. out. And you always feel like, man, is it ever going to happen? 
and then you go to a ball game just thinking you're going to see a baseball game and you meet your future wife and she's exactly what God wanted you to have. And, uh, it's been, it's been awesome. Yeah. That's funny. I have a similar story. I went someplace, uh, with my friend, he wanted to go get some pizza cause it was pie day, you know, three (laughs) fourteen, And I, I wasn't getting any food. He's like, just come with me. Just come with me. All right, I'll go. And I saw Ari. And so started up talking to her and there, there you go. Okay. If I had never went, you know, I never would have met her. Okay, so I have to tell you a funny story. So I was speaking out at a camp. We were at a, working at Camp Kennecuck out of Missouri. And d- have you ever heard of John Tesh? He used to be mm-hmm. a uh, – he's older than you. He used to be on a show called Entertainment Tonight. Oh, right? uh-huh. And he was a singer, songwriter, and he married a lady named Connie Selica. And uh, he, he and her got together and – they had children. Connie Selica was an actress. There was a series, like a mini series called Hotel. Okay. And she was in made for TV movies and stuff. So they got together. So she came up to me after speaking and said, I would love to go to dinner with you to talk to, uh, you know, y'all about ministry and stuff. And so we went to dinner with them at this camps, you know, out mm-hmm. at a restaurant. And so I said, how did y'all meet? Well, we met on the set of Hotel. I mean, like out in Hollywood and all this stuff. And te- and, and she's telling us about it. He's telling us about it. And they're off the they're, – they're on the coast, the California coast at dinner. He asked her to marry uh, him. And when she said yes, he had a code set or thing or like a, a, where he can send a, a text and to a pager. And as soon as she said yes, fireworks went off out in the bay. Oh. And I mean, like, you, and then they go, so tell us how you met. And I'm going, okay, how do we, how, how do we, how do we even begin to start telling? Well, we were at a baseball game, you know, having hot dogs. No, we were at a baseball game. But there is a funny part to our story. So Lori had a, a really good friend and, um, and she was short and uh, and kind of i call them squatty short you know <laughs> yeah and and so Lori and her friend came over to see me and um some uh, my friend who was at the game with me that night and we were actually you know Lori was quite a bit younger than me and we were talking about man i, I didn't know she was that young but mm. i was wondering should i i'm 19 she's 16 and uh and he said well i was thinking about asking her out and i go well wait a minute I, i'm the one that went up to her first so one of our friends said why don't you flip a coin uh-huh. and so we flipped the coin i won the coin toss so we tell them this story right and so they get us t-shirts she calls her publicist out in california they get t-shirts and send to us mine says i won the coin toss and Lori says, I'm not the squatty girl. <laughs> is that funny? Man, that's like crazy, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, that's cool. But, you know, God's sovereignty in the coin toss. Yeah, right? Isn't that great? Yeah. So, uh, so now Lori and I have eight kids, six grandkids, and uh, and we've been doing ministry now for 25-plus years, mm. which is crazy. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so it was a great day on March 3rd, 1980. 81 81 it was a good year eight years before i was born (laughs) 
<laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. And so anyway, uh, but Peter Cetera is one of our favorites. So we, we oh, okay. listen to a lot, a lot of his, the old Chicago guy. Um, and so, yeah, so really in the news, uh, let's say big, one big thing, uh, governor Cuomo came out and said, uh, Cuomo came out and said, I'm, um, I'm sorry, but I'm not resigning. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, but I'm not giving up my power. Yeah. Um, and so uh, he had a big press conference. Apparently, that was a big thing. And uh, again, uh, more compromise. Somebody sent me a. Uh, I haven't gotten all the way into it yet, but a statement put out by the United Methodist Church in Florida uh, dealing with white supremacy in the church. Mm. and racism and you know uh, again I, i'm so glad that daryl harrison and virgil walker are going to be coming on march 25th and i highly encourage you if you've not listened to their just thinking podcast it's well worth the listen to hear about uh, listen i want to acknowledge up front that there there is definitely been ethnic prejudice that has gone on in this country no question mm-hmm. uh there have been things that have not been right those things need to be addressed but the systemic issue that that people are bringing up and tying it all together with everything is a part of critical race theory which is part of critical theory which is a socialist marxist thing that its ultimate goal is to stamp out the authority of the Bible and the sufficiency of God's word. Mm-hmm. And if you uh, are buying into a lot of this stuff, I highly encourage you to go listen to the Just Thinking podcast because it is very well researched what they bring out. These are statements made by people who are leaders in the critical theory. It came from Germany. It came mm-hmm. from over there. And it has a socialist Marxist background. And the objective is to come into a capitalistic society that has that has a freedom based on Judeo-Christian values and to completely change it. That's what they want. Mm-hmm. And one way you do that is to do away with the authority of God's word, Yeah, uh, whether it relates to LGBTQ. That's why it's tied in. That's why BLM organization, not the, the idea that uh, Black Lives Matter, but the organization Black Lives Matter is highly socialist and Marxist in a lot of its ideology. And so so it's well worth the listen to do that. But it's just disappointing. Another church, another leader compromising mm-hmm. on what they're doing because of wokeness and because of uh, feeling guilty and being made to feel guilty and not realizing that, you know what, you can love people and speak truth yeah. without compromising God's word. Yeah, and I think there's also the aspect that people don't realize you know, the words you use have a meaning and they have a meaning, you know, that might be different, uh, you know, from what we think of with the critical race theory, you know, the meanings that those embody. So when you use words that come from them, you're tacitly accepting their premise and you might not feel that way or you might not think that way but since it's so pervasive in the culture uh that's how everyone else is going to take it and understand it well so. they're oh they're endorsing it oh so that must be right and mm-hmm. when you're leaders yeah. when you influence somebody even like a jim dennison who has a couple hundred thousand people who read his uh, his daily article 
and you put out something like he did about that Muslim thing mm-hmm. the other day, it it, it 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 carries a price with it, I think. Yep. All right, we are up against the break. We will be back with more in a minute. You're listening to SWAT Radio. Stay tuned. If you'd like to contact SWAT Radio, the toll-free number is 1-844-777-7928. That's 844-777-7928 or 844-777-SWAT. You can also listen to this program through the WTRJ The Truth app from the App Store or over the Internet by accessing www.swatradio.com. We'll be back shortly for further discussion and to take your calls. Highway to Eternity Ministries is a ministry dedicated to encouraging those who have lost hope and coming alongside those who cannot find peace and are considered unfit for inclusion in Christ's church. They use published works to teach God's Word and share encouraging testimonies of transformed lives. Highway to Eternity Ministries serves as a parachurch ministry that comes alongside churches to share its passion and commitment through spiritual writings, nuances, and experiences to everyone who has an interest in the teachings of Jesus Christ. For more information, contact Jeff Andrews at 904-436-5175. I pull, go back and forth, finding myself Pounding on a locked door I try to make it out alone without your help But I know I never win this war I can never be, never be free without you I can never be, never be me without That is Freedom Hymn by Austin French Welcome back to SWAT Radio. SWAT stands for Spiritual Warriors Advancing Truth. And if you are just joining us before the break, we were talking uh, a little bit about critical race theory and critical theory uh, in general, and also talking about how churches uh, continue to kowtow towards that uh, new religion, really, the woke uh, theology. And Well, things. and that's what they say in their podcast, uh, by the way, the Just Thinking podcast. It is a religion. Mm-hmm. The whole critical race theory and critical theory is uh, it's 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 basically um, new age ideology uh, where it's Marxism mm-hmm. and the the God is the state. Well, yeah, and you know, uh, you know, the original sin is you know whiteness or racism, and coming to Jesus, uh, as we would call it, you know, becoming a Christian or being converted is wokeness. You know, there is a lot of tenets that are, um, you know. That they have a lot of tenets of a religion, and the way that it preys on people um, it reflects that. And the words they use, uh, as we were talking about before, have specific meanings that are not necessarily related to their historic meaning. For example, racism is now an institution. Uh, it, it is the the dislike of someone based on the color of their skin plus power, so that you can't be racist unless you have power or ergo. You can't be racist unless you're white, uh, which is that's not what racism has meant. So with you have terms like that and like white supremacy, systematic uh, oppression. And when you use their terms, you're ceding the premise to them. And you might not be meaning to do that, but to the public at large, that's how it's going to be perceived. Well, and they talk even in the podcast about um 
how even within the black community, there's a lot of uh, ethnic prejudice against people who have different ideology than you. Yeah. But, you know, and and they they use terms like Uncle Tom. And mm-hmm. I didn't know this, but they actually said Uncle Tom was the hero in, uh, the, in, in the story. Harry Beecher story. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think the reason that uh, it, it used, like, going back to, like, the 70s and stuff is to say... Like, oh, you're not a radical. You're you're trying to, you know, get along with the system. And then Uncle Tom dies in the end. Yeah. So it's like, oh, you're you're pathetic. You're a loser. But the way that Harry Beecher Stowe wrote that uh-huh. initially, he was supposed to be the sympathetic hero. And so the term Uncle Tom got kind of flipped on its head. But now most people haven't read the book and they don't really understand. <laughs> and so, again, we live in a culture where people make judgments based on terms they don't understand Mm -hmm. and um and they 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 go and they judge people yeah even when somebody says a word or you take words out of context people are vilified and you know this happens a lot on social media where you people will put things that like let's say somebody heard me and you having a conversation and they only put one part of it out that they wanted to make a point they can ruin somebody mm-hmm. and once the damage is done it's like squeezing toothpaste out of a bottle you can't get it back in without it being messy it, it's, no. it's 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 so tainted people's reputations mm-hmm. and so that's why we have to be really careful about what we say about other people unless we've researched it unless you know that that you know this is something that has been verified in context so yeah and you know just uh, another point you were making about uh you know the cultural different they they made a good job uh they did a good job of you know talking about how in reality race the the differences is, is not about race it's about culture and then uh, what we're seeing is a big culture difference uh which you know is something that we've talked about you know especially going back to last summer but it's good to hear you know, other people who are like-minded and they really go into the research about it. So we, uh, you know, encourage you go listen to that. It's uh, episode 108 of the Just Thinking podcast. And like you said, they're going to be on next week. So well, not next week, on the 25th. Oh, yeah, weeks. they're going to be on the 25th. And uh, again, the reminder, tomorrow we have Justin Peters on. And Justin Peters uh, does a seminar called Cloud Without Water, Clouds Without Water. And where he really deals with the whole issue of uh, fake healers and false teachers. Mm. And so I highly encourage you to tune in tomorrow to listen to that interview. Justin has faithfully taught the word for a long time. And um, he is, he's been our guest before. And we're going to be kind of finishing. Uh, well, he'll just be kind of tagging along to what we've been talking about in Acts chapter 3. We've been in Acts chapter 3 all week, and if you're not familiar with that, if you're just tuning in, uh, SWAT stands for Spiritual Warriors Advancing Truth, and we weekly go through a passage in the Bible that is taught at the SWAT Bible Studies the, the week prior, and we discuss some takeaways and really the text of the passage and what what the writer in context was saying and and draw some principles out and the principles this week for acts 3 1 through 11 where peter heals a man who's been uh congenitally lame uh, for over 40 years 
uh, that is that God authenticates his word about Messiah with his people, and then he authenticates his word with his power, and he authenticates his word for his glory. It's about him. And so as you look at this particular example of Peter and John healing a guy who's been lame for over 40 years, we talk about how he authenticates his word with his people. It says Peter and John were going. You see them a lot in the book of Acts and even in the Gospels. They were doing things together in community. There were no solos. And a lot of these faith healers tend to be solo people. I don't know if you noticed that. Mm -hmm. You see a lot of that. Um, But they were in community, and they were expository. Whenever they had a sign, because they were apostles, they then used that as a launching point for a message about Messiah. Uh, And the message was not about the power of Messiah that people could possess. Mm Mm-hmm. It was about forgiveness and restoration to a relationship with the one true living God about how they had rejected Messiah, but he was offering them an invitation to repent. And so the first message was in Acts 2, and now we're in Acts 3, and and this is really serving as an introduction to Peter's second message. And yesterday we looked at the whole power of of the authentication, how God authenticates his word through his power. And the guy didn't ask for healing. He wanted money. Mm -hmm. And so it wasn't based on his faith. It wasn't based on the fact that God wanted to make him better just to make him better. But God used this man to bring glory to his name. You know, there was a blind man that was healed uh, and the disciples go, Hey, why was this guy blind? Was it his sin or his parents? And he said, for neither. Mm. It was for the glory of God. And in the same way, this guy was lame. And by the way, we said this yesterday. Jesus had gone to that temple at least nine times as an adult and in the time of his ministry. At least three times a year he had gone there because that's what Jews did. And Jesus was a Jew. And he went to the temple because that's where they went. They went for the three feasts that was commanded by God every year. Every man had to go. There were more feasts, but there were three. They had to be there. And so he would have been there. And he would have walked by this guy, and he didn't heal him. And so it was God's timing, his sovereign timing, and he just happened to be bringing him in at the same time Peter and John were going. And Peter looked at him and goes, I don't have gold. I don't have silver which blows up the prosperity gospel because that's all about you having money and health and wealth. Mm -hmm. And if you just have faith in God, he's going to give you all this stuff. He doesn't necessarily give you everything you think you need. He gives you everything he wants you to have to accomplish the mission he's given you to do in the world. And so uh, Peter says, what I have in the name of Jesus, Messiah of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And the guy does it because it's by the authority, the power, and the will of Jesus. And we made the observation yesterday that God's not calling you to give what you don't have. It's not our job to feed the fish or feed the people. It's only our job to bring the fish to Mm -hmm. the people from the feeding of the 5,000, and we brought that out. Well, today we're going to look at God authenticating his word for his glory. It, the, the miracles were not a gift for believers 
to make them better, to heal them, the healing gifts. It was a sign to unbelievers to point them to Jesus and to authenticate the messengers prior to the canon coming around around three to 400 A.D. Because before the New Testament, how were people that know that these guys represented Messiah? How did they know Jesus represented Messiah? Remember what uh, Nicodemus said back in um, John chapter 3, verse 2? He said, hey, we know you come from God because the things you do, the signs you do, no man can do these. So in the same way that God authenticated Moses back in Exodus 4 and the way he authenticated Jesus in John 2 or 3, he's authenticating his messengers here. And by the way, we said this yesterday too. There were 72 people sent out in Luke chapter 10 who went out and healed people who we don't have any evidence that they healed after mm-hmm. after Jesus was resurrected, that those people healed. We don't know who they were, but it says very specifically in the book of Acts that the apostles healed. The apostle did the sign gifts. Uh, the only two people that I know that did miracles other than the apostles and Paul, who was an apostle was Stephen and Philip who the apostles laid their hands on and they were closely associated with them. And they both preached Mm -hmm. as representatives of God, not apostles, big a, but as sent ones who the apostles, big a laid their hands on. Remember they made them deacons, but, the next chapter after that, almost uh, maybe two chapters, in uh, when Peter or Stephen's preaching, he had been healing people and done signs, which would have authenticated him as representing Messiah. Philip did the same thing. So when we come back, we're going to read the whole text of Acts 3, 1 through 11 again, and we're going to focus in on his glory today, that he authenticates his word about Messiah for his glory. All right, we will be back with more after the news. We'd like to give a special thanks to our sponsors, Ace Door and Window, as well as a special thanks to our sponsors, Tom Neal Trucking, and a special thanks to our sponsor, Jeff Andrews of Highway to Eternity Ministries. If you would like to sponsor the program, please email us at Doug at SWATradio.com. That's Doug at SWATradio.com. We'd also like to give a shout-out to our listeners listening in Virginia at the Lighthouse, as well as in Meridian, Mississippi, listening on WMER. And all of you listening here locally, 91.7 in Jacksonville, 91.9 in St. Augustine, and 91.3 in Polkson, Georgia. You are listening to SWAT Radio. Stay tuned. We'll be back with more after the news. That was Need to Breathe with Brother. If you are just joining us, we are looking at Acts chapter 3, verses 1 through 11 this week. Uh, We are focusing mostly on 8 through 11 today, um, finishing up uh, talking about the healing of the lame man and uh, how it was for God's glory. Uh, That's what we're focusing on today. Um, If you missed anything that we've talked about so far or you missed our other 
uh, programs on Acts 3, chapter 1 through 11, you can go to www.swatradio.com and click on the past programs link. Uh, again, that's www.swatradio.com, and you'll be able to listen there to all the programs that we've had. And this program will be up in about an hour if you missed the first half. Um, you can also download our SWAT app in the App Store, or you can listen to us wherever you listen to podcasts by searching SWAT Radio. Yeah. Hey, I'm going to have you read uh, Acts 1, one through, the whole se- section again today, just so people get the the flavor of what happening if they're especially if they're just tuning in and really focusing in on verses eight through 11 today, what happened in response to this miracle, but go ahead and take us through it again, since it's such a short passage. All right. Now, Peter and John were going up to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour and a man lame from birth was being carried whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple that is called the beautiful gate to ask alms of those entering the temple. Seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, he asked to receive alms, and Peter directed his gaze at him, as did John, and said, Look at us. And he fixed his attention on them, expecting to receive something from them. But Peter said, I have no silver and gold, but what I do have I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and raised him up, and immediately his feet and ankles were made strong and leaping up he stood and began to walk and entered the temple with them walking and leaping and praising god and all the people saw him walking and praising god and recognized him as one who sat at the beautiful gate of the temple asking for alms and they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him while he clung to peter and john all the people people excuse me utterly astonished ran together to them in the portico called solomon's so, anyway, what God is saying in this text uh, very clearly is that the people that represent him walk with his authority mm-hmm. and his power. Now, today, this kind of healing is not normative. It's not. There's no need for the authentication of his messengers with this healing because we have his written word to authenticate. You've got to remember, the Old Testament saints, I'm not saying God doesn't heal. I believe he does heal. Mm-hmm. He can heal. He can do anything he wants. But the healing was not for believers then. This, you know, this guy didn't even want healing. Yeah. He didn't express any faith in healing. He simply said, hey, can, can you give me some money? And Peter said, in the name of Jesus, hey, get up and walk. And he leaped into the air. Why? Because it wasn't about him. It was about Messiah. It was for Messiah's glory. Um, and, and so you see what happened right when he was healed. One of the first thing it says is, and leaping, he leaped up. And walking and leaping and praising God, mm-hmm. not Peter and not John, not the ministry of these. He started praising God and all the people saw him walking and praising God. Luke is very specific in bringing that out. Mm-hmm. He says it again. The people saw him doing this and they recognized him as one who sat at the beautiful gate 
asking for alms. They were filled with wonder and amazement at what happened to him. And it says, if you go back um, to verse 8, and leaping up and began to walk, and he entered the temple with them. For 40 years, this guy had never been able to go into the temple. Mm. Most people don't know that. But if he was lame, he could not, he was unclean, he couldn't go into the temple. Wow. So for 40 years, he sat outside that temple gate and could not go in. And so he sat there wanting to go in because what did going into the temple meant? It meant that you were clean. It meant that you were accepted by God. Not that you hadn't sinned, but you were bringing your yearly sacrifice. For 40 plus years, this man sat outside the gate. And what does he do? He he gets healed. He leaps. And Luke uses that phrase twice. And Peter and John take him into the temple. It says he went in with them. He, they took him in there. Now, they didn't need to take him in there. But for 40 years, this guy had never, he was congenitally lame. He had never gone into the temple where the presence of God was. And, and, and this man went in with them, and he clung to them. Why? He saw something in them that reflected the glory of God. And, and he, he was with them. And you know why you know it wasn't a, just about them? Because I don't believe that man would have risked his life just to hang with Peter and John. Mm-hmm. But it says in a, a chapter later, it says that, he was still hanging with them even when the authorities took them in and told them to stop. Mm. He was still there. Why? I believe he was saved that day. Um, you know, and so many people get wrapped up in in miracles and doing miracles, and they call it power evangelism and things like that. And when you think about it, who was the greatest person human ever born prior to jesus Um, i don't know was it moses was it abraham who did jesus say was the greatest john the baptist oh remember he said nobody born of women is greater than john the baptist Hmm. that's what jesus said so if he said it it's got to be true right yeah I mean, because Jesus ain't speaking no lies, right? Yeah. And Jesus said that John the Baptist was the greatest man who lived prior to Jesus being on the earth. Now, stop and think about that for a second. You got Daniel. You got David. You got Abraham. You got Moses. Now, why do you think that Jesus would give him that kind of accolade when you look at all these other men? I mean, my goodness, Gideon took 300 men and beat 100,000 people. And so how does John surpass that? Why, why do you think? I'm, I'm curious. Mm, I would imagine because of his faith. And uh, it, it would probably be difficult having Jesus as a cousin. And, you know, you're you're doing your thing but realizing that God's greater and that he's here on earth, and you're proclaiming that, I would imagine that would be why. And he did it and died. Well, well, he he did, but the reason he was the greatest 
was what was his mission? To prepare people for the coming of Christ? For Messiah, yeah. yeah. To point to Messiah, right? Yeah. What did these other guys do? They had great military victories. They they were men of faith. There's there's certainly great men, but did any of them point to Messiah? Yeah, no. I mean, no. I mean they talked about Messiah, yeah, yeah. but they didn't point to him and say, right. "There he is, go yeah. follow him." Yeah. I mean, the fact that Jesus made that statement, uh, and do you know that John the Baptist? has no recorded miracles in the mm-hmm. Bible. So if it was really important for the people to point people to Jesus to have to do miracles, there was a reason because who did the miracles? Messiah did the miracles. Mm-hmm. John the Baptist didn't need to do any. He was pointing to him. Jesus did them. And then Jesus bestowed that ability on people or God did on the, on the 72 uh, on the 72 that went out and on others during that time, his disciples. But then in Acts, he bestows it on the apostles, and it's mostly the apostles other than Stephen and Philip, who, again, were closely associated to the apostles, and they laid their hands on them when they said, hey, we can't be waiting tables. We need some other guys to to represent God doing this mm-hmm. and and what it, what happened to Stephen he got killed no. nobody's filling his pocketbook with money mm-hmm. yeah are they Mm-mm. he got killed for it and unfortunately there is a lot of false teachers here and in other countries who place more faith in themselves and their words of faith than in the messiah and the perfecter of our faith Jesus they use the same terms we do but they have different definitions of what those terms mean. Mm-hmm. And that's a big problem. It's a huge problem. And so notice that uh, when the people saw and they were filled, then Luke brings up this point, Solomon's portico, the porch called Solomon's Solomon's colonnade. It's mentioned in Acts 5. It's also mentioned over in John 10. And I'm going to flip over to John 10 real quick because in John 10, Jesus is there, and I want to read what it says when he's there. It was a place that Jesus went to to teach, and he's teaching about being the good shepherd. And he says in verse 22 of chapter 10 of John, at that time the feast of dedication took place at Jerusalem. It was winter, and Jesus was walking in the temple in the colonnade of Solomon. Most likely, while he was there that time, he probably walked right by this guy who mm-hmm. was begging for alms. He didn't heal him, did he? Because he mm-hmm. was still lame since mm-hmm. birth. So the Jews gathered around him and said to him, How long will you keep us in suspense? If you are the Christ, the Messiah, tell us plainly. Jesus answered them, I told you, and you do not believe. The works that I do in my Father's name bear witness of me. But you do not believe because you're not part of my flock. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. You see, the people that hear his voice, when they see these signs, they're seekers, and they receive them as signs of Messiah. But skeptics always want more signs. They never buy into them. And so 
Uh, I know it's challenging. And when we come back, I want to delve into James 5 because some people have asked about James 5 and the healing passage here. So when we come back, we'll talk about that. Okay. All right. We will be back with more after the break. You are listening to SWAT Radio. Stay tuned. This program has the potential to reach millions of men each week. If you'd like to learn how you can support this unique program that is helping men understand the truth about Jesus through God's Word and how to impact their lives and the lives of others, then go to www.swatradio.com. Then click on the donate link to help SWAT Radio pass on the truth for the next generation. We're so grateful for having people like Tom Neal Truck Company sponsoring SWAT Radio. Tom Neal Truck Company is located at 417 Edgewood Avenue South in Jacksonville, Florida. Tom Neal is a full-service franchise truck dealer for Freightliner, Western Star, Volvo, Isuzu, and Sprinter vans offering new and used truck sales, service, parts, and truck rental, and leasing to the North Florida and South Georgia truck market. More information on Tom Neal Truck Company is located at www.tomneal.com. That's www.tomnehl.com. There I was on death row, guilty in the first degree. Son of God hanging on him. Hell was my destiny. That is Red Letters by David Crowder. Welcome back to SWAT Radio. If you are just joining us, we are looking at Acts chapter 3, verses 1 through 11, um, when Peter and John uh, come across a lame man and he is healed. Um, and then next week we're going to look into uh, Peter's uh, sermon. Uh, or preaching that he gave to the people immediately after that. But if you would like to join the discussion about uh, John or Acts three, excuse me, chapter one through eleven, or if you have any questions about it, please call us at one eight four four seven 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 nine two eight. That's one eight four four triple seven SWAT. Or you can email us at ask at swatradio dot com. That's ask at swatradio dot com. You know, Doug, you were talking about um, how the man was lame, so he was never allowed to enter uh, the temple and you know you talk about how Jesus walked past him probably you know a bunch of times uh, throughout his life there and you you got to think that you know I, I wonder a few things what that man felt about God and how God felt about him I'm sure there had to have been some angst and hurt there and then I wonder if when Jesus, well, why, why am I lame? Yeah. You know, why am I this way? Again, like the disciples asked who sinned my parents, mm-hmm. this guy's parents or him. I mean, was, was there something bad that happened that I'm, I'm this happened? Yeah, to me? And I can't go to the temple where the presence of God is like, God doesn't, I would feel like God doesn't want me. He, you know, I'm, am I a mistake? That'd be the type of questions that'd be going on. And then, you know, Jesus walked by him and, you know, I wonder for me, or I, I'm curious if he just never asked Jesus because he thought either a, you know, he doesn't want anything to do with me, or you know what. And then in this story, he doesn't ask either. It's Peter is like boom, you know, it just kind of happens to him. And then all of a sudden, I mean, I, I, it would seem like man, his his whole outlook and his his view of God and who he was would have changed 
you know, right there in that instant. And it's, you know, do you think he was the only lame guy there? Probably not. Do you think he was the only beggar there? I mean, like, here's the thing. And, and Lori and I were talking about this the other day. When, when you stop and think about the world we live in, God destroyed the world with a flood. Mm-hmm. How many people did he save? What? Eight. Eight, yeah. Eight. Eight people. Does that seem fair? Mm. I mean, eight people? Surely, God, there's more than eight people. That's who he chose to save. For whatever reason, that was his plan. That's what he did. Now, he says the way is narrow that leads to life. There are few few that find it. Many are called, few are chosen. The fact that we're chosen, if you feel drawn to the one true living God, you feel drawn to Messiah, you should be so grateful, so thankful, um, not get caught up with the enemy whispering in your ear. Yeah, but what about this? What about that? It's almost like even the garden when God said, listen, you can eat of all these trees, but not this one. And then Satan comes along and says, hey, he knows mm-hmm. that if you do this, then it's going to make you have knowledge. And he starts questioning or getting Eve to question God's love. That's what happens a lot of times. The enemy comes in and whispers to us. But this whole idea of healing um, I just read a social media post not too long ago that was they were having a big argument of it. And this one person said, I know that healing and miracles are today because I've healed 20 deaf people. I've touched their ears and now they can hear. And Bob going through a bunch of different things that justifies it, but they're all her experiences. And I remind people that, when Moses threw the stick down and it became a snake, Pharaoh's magicians emulated that. In mm-hmm. fact, they emulated quite a few of his miracles. Now, will will somebody heal somebody by the power of Satan? Will Satan go in? Can he? Well, what if one of his demons are the reason that they're in convulsions or one of their reasons they can't hear? It's obvious from Scripture when Jesus talked about one mute, it was because of an evil spirit, right? Mm -hmm. So who controls the evil spirits? Satan. Satan. Ultimately, right now, Satan does under the obvious absolute authority of God. But God has given Satan temporary princehood, I guess, over the world that we live in. And... As God is unfolding his plan, I think Satan counterfeits a lot of things, even to mislead elect. And people get so caught up in the glorification of the spirit or the power. And I go back to Luke chapter 10, verse uh, 20, where he says, hey, don't rejoice in the fact that you do these things. Rejoice that your name's written in the book of life. Now, I want to go to James real quick because I know we don't have a lot of time. James chapter 5 is a passage used a lot where people will anoint people with oil. And I want and I want you to understand the context of what's going on here because context is always important. Jesus' name is not a magic formula. It means his will and his authority. And in this particular case, notice what's going on in chapter 5 of James. Is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. 
Okay, why? Because you're crying out to God for mercy. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing praise. Now, that seems kind of weird that he would throw that in if all he's talking about is healing, right? Mm -hmm. But he's saying, if anyone's uh, suffering, let him pray. If he's cheerful, let him sing. Is anyone among you sick? Okay, now if you're sick, call for the elders of the church and let them pray over you, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. Now, the anointing of oil always symbolized the presence of God. It was a setting apart. This person is anointed by God. That means God's presence is with them. And the prayer of faith will save the one who is sick, and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Now, most of the time when we read that text, we believe that means God will heal them, their physical illness, right? Mm -hmm. Is that what you think? Now, let me go a step further. Go to verse 16. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. Talking again about healing. The prayer of a righteous person has a great power as it's working. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours. He prayed fervently that it might not rain. And for three years and six months, it did not rain on the earth. Then he prayed again, and heaven gave rain, and the earth bore its fruit. So the writer, James, gives this illustration of the fervency of of a prayer of a righteous man. And then it says, my brothers, if anyone among you wanders from the truth and someone brings him back, let him know that whoever brings him back, a sinner from his wandering, will save his soul from death and cover a multitude of sins. I'm convinced as I read this text that he is talking about somebody's soul because he says, if anyone wanders from the truth, what truth? The truth, a Messiah, the truth Mm -hmm. of Jesus, and someone brings him back, let him call for the elders of the church, let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the one who's sick. Mm. I really believe that what he's talking about, there's not a magic formula to make people's body healed because not everybody in the scriptures were healed. Trophimus was sick. Paul said, I left Trophimus sick. Paul was an apostle. Why didn't he heal him? Paul himself was sick. Why didn't he claim healing for himself? Mm. Even Timothy, he said, Timothy, take a little wine for your stomach. Why didn't he just say, evil spirit come out or why didn't he say uh you're healed timothy you have faith be healed that's because today the prosperity gospel is tied in with healing sign gifts and ministries and people have more faith in faith than they do in messiah and you know we had costi hen on um a while you know a, a year or two ago who is the nephew of benny hen And he came out of that movement and talked about, you know, he was in that background of the faith healing movement. I call the fake healing movement. He enjoyed the fruits of the movement. And um, and he left uh, because he asked his father about this and, and about what it was saying in Corinthians about these things. And his father just said, you can't put God in a box. And so he began traveling with his uncle Benny. He saw things in the background 
he would hang out with uh, people in the green room, and there were sick people waiting to be healed, and they weren't healed. Some of them were screened and weren't even allowed to go on stage. And, and his uncle replied, well, sometimes people just don't have faith. And that was the reason. And um, he's tied in with Bill Johnson and the Bethel Church out there. And they taught, if you don't speak in tongues, you're not saved. It was very subjective and mystical. And, um, you know, so this is Benny Hinn's nephew, who was very much a part. They were staying in $25,000 a night hotel rooms mm. when they were doing some of these things. And, um, you know, it was, they just used Jesus' name as a magic formula. It means his will and the desire of Christ. And prosperity gospel teaching is not biblical gospel teaching. And a lot of the people who are the fake healers out there who call themselves faith healers, they have awful theology. So go to the word, be like Bereans, go check it out and see. Again, God heals people, but healing gifts are not normative in the church because the healing gifts were for a sign authenticating the message of God. God authenticated his word about Messiah with his people with his power for his glory. If you go back to Isaiah 35, 4 through 6, it talks about men leaping and praising God, the lame leaping, the very thing that they did. So that would have authenticating them. And now we have God's word to do that. So anyway, I hope that was helpful for people. Yeah, we hope uh, it was. And tomorrow, make sure that Justin Peters that you listen in at 3 o'clock for Justin Peters. He's going to be talking uh, about kind of what's tied in with this, his uh Clouds without water. I was going to say water without clouds. Right out of Jude. Yeah. Right out of the book of Jude. So make sure you tune in tomorrow for that. Uh, unfortunately, that's all the time we have for today, though. You have been listening to SWAT Radio. If you missed any of this program or would like to listen to past programs, please visit us at www.swatradio.com. That's www.swatradio.com. Or listen to our podcast by searching SWAT Radio. You can also download our SWAT app in the App Store. And you can follow us on Facebook and Twitter at SWAT Radio Talk is the handle. That is at SWAT Radio Talk. Join us weekdays at 3 o'clock for more SWAT Radio. We'll see you then. If you missed a SWAT Radio broadcast this week and would like to hear any show in its entirety, then go to SWATradio.com. Click on Past Shows, where you can listen to the broadcast. Also, if you're looking for a band of brothers that gather around God's Word to be a part of, then go to SWATradio.com and email one of our hosts, and they can get you plugged in to one of the local SWAT Bible studies. Tune in next time to explore how SWAT Radio is strengthening 